Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm Austin Lane. Welcome to another edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Interesting practice, or so I heard today. I was not there. But I think the common trend, the common label of this practice was winners and losers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with a little competition. You know what I am? Go ahead. Winner. There you go. You want to talk to us about it? Been winning the day. Come on. This was interesting now. First of all, the whole practice was pretty interesting around the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of um, explicit language, if you will, it's uh, football. from Coach Urban Meyer it's before football. the practice. Sure. It's uh, pulling the team up in a meeting. And it was more um, uh, from – I actually wasn't at that part of it. Okay, busy day today, but I was there for some of the practice. And Marcel Robinson characterizes motivational. Yeah. You know, not like ripping the team. I think a lot of people think, hey, if you're swearing, you know, you must have been ripping them about yesterday's practice or something. I think I don't think it was as much that as more coaches right. like to swear or some of them do. Yeah. I, was, and, I shouldn't say all coaches. And let's but. get after it. You know, let's mm-hmm. get after it because they got a day off tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get ready for a big weekend, but have one more really good practice. I think it's kind of that. I think those things are timed usually correct um, and usually with a plan. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but the winners and losers part of this practice was really wild. You mm-hmm. know, you already have – If I, I think you've probably heard us talk a little bit about it, uh, but in, and not everybody's been to training camp practices over the years. But what is very different about the setting of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer's practice is he has a person uh, on the microphone. Fernando is his name. He has a name. and Is that his only job? Well, he's really the chief of staff, if you will, of Urban Meyer. He's like kind of – you know, he's been around Urban and – he does a lot of things, I think, in the building. But his only job at practice is yes okay. on the microphone. Okay. And so th- this, uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's very unusual. Like, this is not something you – know, there's always a clock and a script to a practice. Like, all coaches have that. Mm-hmm. And then when the clock winds down, the period, the foghorn goes off, right? Mm-hmm. And then you move on to your next period three or period four or field two or field one or whatever it is. Well, the person on the mic is directing traffic. There'll be like 30 seconds to go in the period, yeah. 20 seconds to go in the period, five, four, three, and uh, offensive uh, install on field two. And, and, you know, we spoke about this a little bit before where it's my thought that Urban Meyer is using this guy on the mega horn. And let's be honest, the energy, I mean, it's it's pretty just down the, the middle. Like he doesn't get too hyped up too low. But to me, it's that reinforcement because when you talk about the drills, then it's like wrap up if they're doing a tackling drill or hustle if they're going to the next station. So to me, it's that constant positive reinforcement saying, even though you don't really notice it per se, um, if you're a player, you always hear it in the back of your mind. So I think he's using that guy just for reinforcement, reinforcement. Yeah, I think you're right. And so to add to that setting that already exists and has for the last week at Jags training camp, today was monikered winners and losers day. Mm -hmm. And so basically when I got out there and they've been doing this already, but when I got out there, they had like four different things going on, three on one field. And I didn't even know at first which one he was calling a winner and a loser. Like, was it drill A, B or C, you Mm -hmm. know, and then there was more activity going on in the middle field. Well, this 
particular point of practice was on the far field on what would be the south end of it. And it was, uh, at this time, I think, receivers and defensive backs. And basically, Urban Meyer is right in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. And you keep hearing winners and losers. Win- winner uh, DJ Chark. Winner Shaq Griffin. Mm-hmm. Winner, like, after every rep. Well, then your eyes go to Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer is, like, directing traffic. He's, like, basically the referee. Sure. He was the ref of who won and who lost. Emphatically, he was the referee of who won and who lost. And he would bounce around and end up doing it in different parts of the field. But it was that the whole day mm-hmm. at practice today. So I had not seen that. Have you been a part of that? Something like that? Where well, I mean, obviously you're you, getting you'd, the announced. You'd call it an Oklahoma drill is essentially what it is. Well, I mean, you do one-on-ones all the time, too, in camp. I mean, yeah, but I think this is more yeah, one-on-one related but, than Oklahoma drill. This wasn't but, like okay. two guys lining up and going at it. This was even a rep like between a with a yeah, receiver. But, I mean, but the but, but like what I saw the videos of it is like you're still surrounded by your peers a little bit. Oh, true. So like, yeah. you're still surrounded by your team. So like, and once again, if you're announcing it over the megahorn, I mean, everyone's gonna know who won and lost. And, and in football, it's it's the ultimate competitive sport. So there's obviously pride on the line a little bit, and there's pressure to perform because the last thing you want to do is be called a loser on a football field. So. I think there is a little characteristic to the Oklahoma drill where it's like, if you win or you lose, you're going to know about it. Now, if you're doing like a one-on-one drill, yeah, but you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Sometimes you slip up, sometimes uh, there's holding, sometimes whatever the case may be. But with these drills of what I saw, this is more of, yeah, it's football related, but it's competitive related as well. And and it's setting aside, hey, we're putting the pressure on you. What are you going to do about it? That's what I took away from watching the videos of some of these drills. Yeah, I honestly don't think it was too different from a drill-oriented phase than what you would normally see at a practice. I think the biggest thing was an animated Urban Meyer deciding who the winner and loser was right there instead of going into the film room later on mm. and checking out who won or lost. Because some of them are tough to, to call, right? Yeah. I mean, offensive lineman versus defensive lineman, that's uh, not always clear-cut. Now, sometimes it's super clear-cut. But then the other part of it was exactly what you just said. I was walking in there, and I'm hearing winners and losers. I'm like, all right, how is this going to be received? The players think this is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Our players, like, what's the motivation here? What's the point of this? And I think it's exactly kind of what you just said. This, to me, was a little bit of what a film session might look like, uh, in, in my opinion. Like, you can't hide from the eye in the sky. So everybody knows when you get back to that film session if you won or lost that rep anyway, right, uh, in yeah. your room. Well, this is now saying it in front of everybody. It's almost like, I want to hear my name called right now. I want well, to hear it, my name called because that means I won. <laughs> it just it adds incentive and it adds pressure to you because, yeah, I mean, if, if you go through a one-on-one, okay, then then you play the next play. Like, that's fine. If you're doing seven-on-seven, seven, the guy catches the ball on you, okay, you play the next play. But to me, these are more – and I get it. They, they might have been like everyday football, just I'll be honest. When, when the tight ends were going back and forth, it looked like a punt drill like a punt block drill more than a tight end drill but once again i think it was a competition drill to say okay it's mono e mono let's see where everybody stands right now and, and i appreciate it yeah i i think uh i think it's kind of cool like I, it was wild to me that it wasn't just like you know the oklahoma drill there was so much ramped up about the oklahoma drill and you knew it was coming mm-hmm. and that night would be special like it really would feel or, or that afternoon or that morning whatever it was but it would feel different it, it would just it was mano y mano. You knew it. And it was what how long would you say like Oklahoma drills like that period or whatever would last? Like fifteen minutes, ten, fifteen minutes. I mean, I would say good two, three periods, depending. Yeah. So mm-hmm. okay, so you do that for let's just say it's even a half hour. Mm-hmm. Well, this was 
a whole practice of basically saying this guy won, that guy won. Yeah. You know, so if you do picture the Oklahoma drill, which isn't done anymore mm-hmm. uh, for obvious reasons, for safety reasons, this was this super competitive, we're going to have a winner and a loser today. And this is a little bit of what Urban Myers talked about uh, over the last, uh, really probably a while, but especially over the last week, where he said, hey, those first few days, I mean, we haven't had, he's even used it, winners or losers yet. Like, mm-hmm. We didn't have pads on. Mm-hmm. Well, he kind of set the table for that today. So, again, just a, a note of differentiation of what, People have been covering football for a long time, seen it different ways, seen coaches do things differently. It's just pretty obvious that Urban has done some things differently. You know, in I think NFL players who've been around it a bit, depending on what program you were in in college, this might even take you back to your high school days a little bit, whatever it might be. I think it's different for everybody, but it does look different out there from the sound of it to the feel of it. Uh, that does not make you win games, but let me be perfectly clear. It's just uh, we're trying to illustrate what practice looks like, especially uh, today where it's not open to the public. Uh, open Friday and Saturday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, jaguars.com slash training camp to register. And the big one is Sunday morning. Uh, it will be the scrimmage inside the stadium and really the last free opportunity to watch this football team. And so get on out to the stadium. We'll have it live on Fox 30 from 9.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. as well. Uh, I know the word scrimmage gets thrown around. There's certainly it's a glorified practice. That's what these things have become. But it's inside the stadium. There's a real feel to it. There's only three preseason games. It'll be interesting to see how Urban Meyer handles it. Will we see some of this kind of stuff in the stadium on Sunday morning? Uh, Get on out to Jaguars.com and register to be there on Sunday morning. You have to register. And again, the last free opportunity to see this football team before preseason starts in the uh, no more open practices after that. And then, of course, the regular ski season down the road. Uh, we're a little over a week away now, some 10 days away from the first preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. Sunday morning should be a lot of fun uh, around here in Jacksonville to kind of see Trevor Lawrence in the stadium for the first time, throwing passes in the stadium uh, for the first time. That will uh, be a lot of fun. And once again, we'll have a broadcast of that on Fox 30, but you can be there too uh, if you go register on jaguars.com. Calm. Uh, I love the competitive nature. Would you um, a practice like this? I, I would think you would have gotten a fight. I mean, yeah, the old me. Like <laughs> what? What I know now. I mean, I it's up say, for debate. Hey, it's practice today. Austin got in a fight. No, for sure. I, <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the way it goes. That was pretty. The, that was pretty much the standard of, of my football career. Yes, <laughs> but I, I kind of do. I didn't see a lot of that out there, though. I will say, and I'm like, again, there was a lot going on. This was the most that was going on at one time. Like Marcel and I were looking at, like, where are we supposed to watch right now? Sure. I mean, because yeah. there was a lot happening yep. all at once. So I might have missed some things. And I had a, a, a speaking engagement downtown, so I had to even get out of practice a little bit early. But I didn't think – I think they've done a great job of being competitive but not having a brawl with Daniel Jones at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. Uh, keep in mind, we're, we're still pretty, we're still pretty fresh in the in this training camp. I mean, I'm sure Urban Meyer has um, vouched his concern of he doesn't want to see fights. I'm sure because guys can get hurt that way. Anytime you throw a punch and it lands on a helmet, you can break your hand. Um, other injuries can happen. So I think every coach now in the NFL, at least most of them, you know, they they preach that if you get in a fight, uh, there will be consequences. I feel like back when I played, you know, with Jack Del Rio and everything, it was a little more. Yeah, you know, if you get in a fight, just, you know, watch your hands. But we understand that's football. It's going to happen. I think 
those tides have shifted a little bit and you don't see as many fights anymore. And that's probably for the best because, once again, injuries can happen from them. Uh, by the way, defense won the day today, at least as far as my eyes were concerned. I thought uh, quarterbacks struggled at times. Um, I think a lot of that because of the good defensive plays, especially outside by the corners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some balls hitting the ground. And so, yeah, I think overall, I think this was a defense day, which I thought we'd get some more of that once the pads go on. That makes some sense Yeah, that uh, the defense maybe will flash a little bit. I don't know what's more beneficial to see right now, a defense flashing or an offense flashing. I think the back and forth of that is pretty natural in camp. That's mm -hmm. what happens, right? I mean, did you ever go to a camp where just like five no. straight days you like just crush the offense no absolutely not because every single day either the offense is working on something new or the defense is working on something new so every day there's going to be an advantage or at least a momentum shifted to one side of the ball so no it's not surprising one day the defense looks good the next day the offense looks good that's just the nature of training camp and i think that's what you want you don't want your offense to always look good or your defense to always look good because then you start asking questions of like ooh, uh you know is are we in trouble here C.J. Henderson has uh, been a guy that is on the COVID list. He's missed practices. He's not back yet. He's on the field. Mm -hmm. He's doing some conditioning stuff today, uh, but still not in the reps. How I think us, the media, have a tendency to be like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be, like, way behind. How can he ever catch up? It's a talented guy, right? I mean, he's a first-round pick. He was a top-ten pick. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. I have Tyson Campbell at 33. We know that. Uh, that 33rd overall pick. So they invested. They invested in Shaq Griffin. And I'm telling you, I think you could make the case. Like, if I were to do an under-the-radar player of the first week of camp, mm -hmm. I think Sidney Jones could win that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, well, you're between Caleb on Chase on and Sidney Jones. You going Sidney Jones now? I would go Sidney Jones based on the last couple of days okay. of Chase on. I mean, Chase on okay. had a good start, and then I think Chase on got beat up a little bit by Walker Little and Cam Robinson. Okay. He bounced back okay, too, but... I would say, listen, Sidney Jones has a couple of picks. Sidney Jones looks the part out there. He's mm -hmm. got the experience of last year where he showed us that he could play pretty good football consistently. Might have been their best corner last year in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And so what's the concern level for C.J. Henderson just from a football standpoint of not being on the field? This new defense, a guy that does need to bounce back and show mental reps. But it's one thing to just watch film. It's another thing to be out there, especially with a new defense being implemented where, yes, the terminology is going to be the same. What are you going to do? Cover one, cover two, cover three. You can get all of that. But if you're going to be blitzing a little more um, in terms of the guys that you're playing with, there's a lot more things that go into to CJ Henderson's case of just learning a new blitz or learning a new coverage. So the fact that he's not out there right now around his teammates, it's a huge detriment to him. How could it not be? Yeah, listen, that is a confident position, right? You can't play that spot if you're not confident. But I do think this is a guy that could use some confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's coming off last year's rookie season where he didn't play the whole year, had one or two games that you're like, okay, I get it. But outside of that, not so much. They draft a guy in the offseason. They go sign another guy that, that doesn't show like, hey, we got C.J. Henderson. We don't need anything else, mm -hmm. right? It certainly says that. There's You can argue and debate on what else it says about C.J. Henderson and what it means going forward. Uh, but the bottom line is, I feel like this is a guy that really could use to be out, get on the field, get acclimated to Joe Cullen's defense, get some good reps, build a little momentum, because it's been choppy at best 
here in Jacksonville and in the NFL for C.J. Henderson as a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. Everybody will say, hey, yeah, I'd rather be on the field than off the field. It doesn't matter if you're a 10-year vet or a rookie or a second-year guy. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like C.J. is a little bit different in this kind of conversation where I think just personally – um, every player wants to play with swagger and confidence, but I think he's got to build that a little bit and uh, this time of year, and he just hasn't been able to do it. He was doing a lot of conditioning today and some sprinting, uh, but hasn't been able to get the reps that some of these guys are, are getting. And I'm telling you, Sidney Jones is a pretty nice player. They, they re-signed him. He's done a good job. I think he's been pretty consistent out there uh, this year. Mm -hmm. I thought he was pretty consistent when he got in there last year. And I think it's worth mentioning Shaquille Griffin, Tyson Campbell, they've got depth there. Mm -hmm. And we are, we kind of like their depth that they have even beyond those guys. Sure. But, you know, I mean, there's some pretty good players. Not, I don't think there's any players that are like C.J. Henderson's jobs in danger from Chris Claybrooks. Sure. I don't really feel that way. Yeah. I think Sidney Jones does offer that. I think depending on where they want to put Tyson Campbell, that he does offer that. Mm -hmm. uh, those other guys are more just depth players. Uh, but it'd be nice to see C.J. Henderson on the field sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. It done. No, they, they do have a lot of depth. You know, Trey Hernan's another guy as well. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if we're talking about depth here, I mean, they might have one of the best prevent defenses in the entire NFL. <laughs> yes, very good. Yeah. They, they might. Yeah. Hey, you know what? What's up? Let's hope they need it. I, there you go. That, <laughs> you know what? That, that would be a good problem When's to have. When's the last time the Jags have played prevent defense? That, that it's been would, a couple years. That would be a pretty good problem to have. <laughs> I would know? say so, yes. At least um, planned prevent defense. True, 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 true. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, all right. Hey, we got a short show today. I, you know, I, I hesitate to say that, Casey. We're supposed to go off about 445, 450. Uh, Jumbo Shrimp are playing a doubleheader. Get on down to the stadium. If you can't uh, get down there, you listen on ESPN 690. But the way it's been raining in the afternoon, mm -hmm. I don't know what that does for us. Like, if we find out they're delayed, are we staying on? Like, so I shouldn't set, like, a dinner date at 5.15? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know that answer. I can you, find I out. find that answer. I'm like, here are we all, on? I mean, I'm to put the park. Raining? There's going to be a foot in the park line at 4.45, so. I mean, go if you want. If you still happen to be sitting here. Yeah. We'll do some more radio. I'll be just here. Just go with the all flow. Right. I'm, on, I'm on the board for the shrimp, so I'll be here all night either all way. Right. Nice. Just to make it clear uh, to my wife, I don't have a dinner date at 5.50. Okay, you okay. probably wrapped that up. Yeah, good, <laughs> yeah. good call. Good call. Make, yeah. make that perfectly clear. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I definitely did. I mean, through, throughout the offseason, I kept getting asked, like, do you want to return? Do you want to return? Yeah, I love Jacksonville. I love the city. I bought a house here. My family loves it here. I'm not planning on leaving here for a long time. That's DeWan Smoot. I'm a fan of DeWan Smoot. How can you not be? Am I getting too sunshiny and rainbows around the Jags these days? You just do you, man. A little I, too much? I, I, I ain't going to stop you. Like, it's that kind of time of year, right? We're allowed. I mean, I feel when when haven't you been sunshiny and rainbow? Well, though? listen now, don't, don't, I can be. Listen, we can go find some stuff where I'll be a little critical. Of this foot, I'll be critical okay. of this football team. What happens is you get labeled as the sunshine and rainbows guy, yeah. so then everybody thinks everything's positive all the time. Sure. I don't think that's true. I, I think uh, many a times been mm -hmm. critical of well, the football team. I mean, okay, ma ma a few times possibly, but you know, I mean, maybe maybe you're getting those, you know, you're getting those direct deposits for from corporate. 
Maybe of Shad Khan's, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. Shad Khan's, you know, sliding into those Venmo DMs a little bit and giving you a little extra change on the side <laughs> to be sunshine and rainbowy. Maybe Urban Meyer got to you because you're friends with his friends. So I don't know what's going on with you, man. But you know, hey, whatever. you just do you. Don't don't whatever tell. Works. Hey, I'm gonna tell you how to how to act. You're uh, good. Brent's got to keep his Venmo transactions <laughs> private. Yeah, man, off off the books. You, you can't know what see I'm saying? that, right? Off the book. <laughs> Usually you get, yeah. You better, yeah. By the way, hey. <laughs> Just maybe, Urban Meyer with the cash emoji. That's all you see that's in, all you in see, the transactions. Yeah. What does this mean? Either that, if we could borrow Shad Khan's jet from time to time for this travel ball schedule, that wouldn't what, be bad. I would settle for the yacht and just hang out a couple of days. <laughs> We're not going to travel that far because it's probably slow, but What is it? Did somebody out. say it's like a million dollars a week to rent that out or something? <sighs> I might be wrong on that. A little that, too but I'm rich sure. for my blood right Didn't now. Isn't so like Beyonce or, or somebody big? I miss it might have been Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, I do remember hearing something like I that. I thought somebody, somebody did that. Yeah. But this is the time everybody's sunshine and rainbows, sure. right? Sure, Yeah. I mean, it's true. Now, here's, okay, I got in my own head a little bit yep. today. Yep, yep, now I'm trying, be to, honest with trying you. to defend himself. Now, here we go. No, what no, got? no, no, so I'm just being honest with you. Okay. Uh, so this morning, um, you get, do you like Orlovsky? Dan Orlovsky? <laughs> what do I always say about Dan Orlovsky? If he's not defending himself or going on a tirade, it's not Dan Orlovsky. So I I enjoy him, but sometimes, yeah. I mean, like, like any analyst at ESPN, it can be a little much sometimes. Um, well, did you see today? He no. put something out on no. Trevor Lawrence. No. You catch that? He was – and he basically, you got to know the introduction of it. It was like a minute 45 of – he was um, – he said, hey, listen, I'm nitpicking here, mm-hmm. but let's find some warts. In Trevor Lawrence, essentially, sure. is what he said. Yeah. And so he takes this play. It reminded me actually a little bit of you at practice yesterday, him not noticing someone out in the flat, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. ETN, I think it was. Yep. And so I was like, ah, this is kind of reminiscent. But mm-hmm. he t- took a play from the Ohio State game. Uh, and he, see, this is where I think, now Orlovsky's played the position. Yeah. And they've got the, the snapshot of him. Throwing in the flat, I think it was ETN. Mm-hmm. But he basically says that the nickel corner, he had to wait to see where he would go. But Trevor committed, mm-hmm. and the nickel corner was going out to the flat with the with the receiver, with the running back, and so he covered it up. It was nothing. But if he had waited a split second more, he had a crossing route coming free. Okay. But, but he had so already essentially committed. Like, okay, so did he kind of start on the receiver there too where the nickel saw that? I think the bigger thing was he didn't let the play develop and he had protection. And so what Orlowski was getting at was some of the early pressure from Ohio State's defensive line sped up his clock. Gotcha. And so he really had about three seconds to throw the ball, but he got rid of it in 2.2. Yeah. If he had waited to 2.8, he would have seen whoever was crossing over the middle. Bing, bang, boom. Nice little play. I mean, maybe for 12 yards instead of an incomplete pass because he had to basically throw it away. Mm-hmm. It was covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be truthful here. So I almost retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I was going to retweet it. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good demonstration of 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 what Trevor yeah. um, maybe has to work on or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody's talking highly of Trevor right now. We're all in on the positive, the sunshine of rainbows. I don't want any of that on my timeline. So I didn't retweet him. Good for you. That's it. At least he mentioned his work ethic. Like you did with Justin Fields, I mean, the, the, the whole Justin Fields thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Justin Fields, by the way, getting good reviews. Get, Trey, so is Trey Lance. I mean, now once again, you know, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo hype train, they're liking him too, but Trey Lance is looking pretty well um, from reports. So, yeah, 
Good for all those guys. Could, could be a special year for this draft class. <laughs> well, you know, I told you this. I don't think I said it on air, but, it, you know, uh, Lynch said something about Garoppolo, and he's yeah. looked like the best he's ever looked. And this is like, that's like pat on the back mode of, of look what we did. That's we damage control. Trey Lance mm-hmm. so we could push Garoppolo and get the best out of a guy we gave $128 million to mm-hmm. instead of, we gave a guy $128 million and we don't think he's the guy. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you know? For sure. <laughs> I mean, okay, nobody ever looked at it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I feel like we are all, I uh, just talked to a uh, South Side Business Club, mm-hmm. and I said this, and I said this to you guys over the weekend, I don't know if there's been a better vibe in the city in general, since I've uh, been here. Now, that's a think about that a little bit. Okay, Brent, 2017, this place was on fire. It was. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the place was rocking and rolling with Jags fever. Um, so that's fair. Okay, Brent, we just went through, like, a pandemic, and we're kind of still in one, and we're getting another spike, and there's all that stuff going on. Yeah, I know that kind of squashes a lot of positivity about it. Nobody knows what's going on with all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's fair. But in general, the acquisition of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence to this football team, Jacksonville is a booming market right now across the country. I think there's some momentum now to do some things downtown, even though it got a little bit of a speed bump earlier this year with the Lot J stuff. Now it looks to be back on track. There's even conversations that will develop about stadium down the road and what this place could look like some seven to ten years down the road. It's a little bit hyperbole probably to say, man, it's never had a vibe like this in Jacksonville. But I think you get my point. I think there's a lot of good going on right now. We got off on the right right foot as soon as, as soon as um you know we all saw each other. Um, you know, he, he loves to have fun and you know, me and DJ love to have fun all the time. So and I think that's what it's all about, having fun while you while you're working. LaVisca Chenault. Is he ready and poised for a big season? Tell you what, most people would vote yes mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. What does a big season look like, though, for LaVisca Chenault? You know, like, what what does he have to do? See, I don't think LaVisca Chenault's going to lead you in receiving. You got Marvin no, Jones I mean, and you not, have DJ Chark. No, for sure, for sure. So how are we going to know LaVisca Chenault made, like, this big impact, took this extra jump? I thought he had a pretty nice year last year. He did some things. Uh, you probably can call up the numbers. Mm-hmm. But – so I'm kind of curious that, okay, this guy's having a really good camp. His body looks different. He's already unique. You got Marvin Jones who says from the slot he's terrific. He uh, had 600 yards uh, receiving 500. I'm sorry, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Well, how many catches? 58. 58. I was going to say 60. That's good. Uh, so what does better than that look like without telling me 59, 601 yards and six touchdowns? Eight touchdowns. <laughs> Eight touchdowns is better. Is that what it would be? Yeah, because I think, I mean, realistically, you know, in terms of receptions, that number could go down a little bit. It might stay the same. I mean, depending how many times you're going to pass a game. But um, I think when you have other weapons like Marvin Jones, like DJ Chark, like Travis Etienne, possibly, you know, expectation shouldn't be in terms of receptions. Expectation should be if you're in the red zone and you're really humming, how can you lose LaVisca Chanel? 
Can you use him in the jet sweep game? Can you use him in the screen game? So I think touchdowns going up would be the, the overall benefit um, of, of LaVisca Chanel having a better year this year. Yeah, obviously, what, it was like 10 yards a catch. That's what that would come out to, right? Nine point something. 10.3, yeah. 10.3. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you hear yesterday Marvin Jones say, hey, he might be as different as you can get from the slot. Mm-hmm. Is, do you look at it kind of like in an ETN way where they're going to try to create mismatches? I, I mean, I'll look at him like so like we talked about last year with him, like Debo Samuel. I think if you want to run some jet sweeps, I think if you want to, um, you know, get in the ball, get the ball in his hands and on short, you know, whatever crossing routes when it's third and four and, you know, no, not one man can tackle him by himself, then, yeah, you absolutely give the ball to LaVisca. And I think, you know, the 49ers, when he's healthy, use Debo Samuel the exact same way. So I think in terms of an intimidating factor, obviously in terms of a blocker and in terms of just setting the pace and and, and running with reckless abandonment, I think LaVisca Chenault is going to be that guy. Yeah, it, that's a good call because if you go back to the year the Niners were in the Super Bowl, that would have been Miami a couple years ago. So that would have been, yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stretch run for Debo Samuel was terrific, yep. right? It was like Shanahan figured out how to use him. Yeah, I, and he did everything. And he did everything. Mm-hmm. And he was a major weapon. In fact, I think he was the guy that, you know, as much as, well, Kittle's well, they, terrific, of course. I mean, right? so, they, they had Kittle. They're, they're obviously, their running game uh, was really going at the time, yeah, too. Yeah, they, they did because, yeah. uh, what's his name, ran for like 200 yards in that playoff game. Is that right? Mostert? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mostert? Mostert? So, Mostert in fantasy. Mostert, I like that. Oh, very good there. Yeah. I like that. Is that. Did Weber just jump in on the mic? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that could be a couple fantasy teams' names. <laughs> Mostert. I'm not mad at that one. Yeah. Um, but he was a guy that they game plan. You had to game plan around. He was mm-hmm. explosive, and, and he used him in all those. I, I guess my point to this is we're all raving right now about LaVisca Chenault, and he's earned it. I mean, he looks really good out there in camp. But he had a nice year last year. Mm-hmm. And you add Marvin Jones, and you add ETN, and, you, you know, you're, you're dynamic on offense. The ball is going to be spread around. I think we might eye test this and say – and LaVisca did it again. He's terrific. He looked good. He did this. He did that. And then I think we might go to the numbers at the end of the year. We might say, hmm, that's kind of similar to last year. That's kind of similar to last year. That's kind of similar to last year. But let's be honest. If this team's winning games, it's going to feel different because last year, I mean, they were down by so much so early you had to pass the ball. Yeah. So regardless, and with all due respect to LaVisca Chenault, but regardless of who the receiver was that was healthy out there, he was probably going to get his targets, was going to get his receptions, um, regardless of where he was in the depth chart. So I think this year, if you can kind of duplicate those numbers a little bit. Now, once again, I think if the touchdowns go up, um, that would help out. But if you're winning ball games and your offense is actually humming, then, yeah, I, I think it would be an upgraded career from last year. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right about how it looks, like the flow of the game stuff. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, this is what I remember saying a lot last year, the Jags just couldn't get into the rhythm of using the bingo card that we created. Correct. Right? Because of the flow of the game. If you can get in a flow and pick up first downs and have sustainable drives and be scoring points and all those things, well, now LaVisca Chenault, from an offensive coordinator standpoint, you can utilize him. You can do the jet sweeps. You can even line him up in the backfield. You can put him all over the bingo card, as we call it, Mm -hmm. because you have more plays, first of all, to play with. (laughs) And you have more situations that most likely are like second and four, right? Keep the defense guessing what you might do. And... It's amazing, in my estimation, how much 
down in distance and also score of game, flow of game, dictate using guys like that. I don't see ETN as being as much like that. I, I think you can use ETN on second and 10, second and three. Mm-hmm. I think you can use ETN down 10, up 10. I don't think he will, the way they utilize him will be as dictated by time and score as, say, LaVisca using the whole tool set yeah. kind of is. You know, for sure. I think just with ETN, it's different because the the home run threat is there at all times. Yeah, you can so, just dump a screen on any play, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think if you're in the need of a spark, um, you use Travis Etienne. If you're in the need of obviously a change of pace from James Robinson, you use Travis Etienne. You, you just use guys for, for different ways. I think uh, LaVisca is more of the physical type of runner where you want to make a statement. Maybe you're you're late in the fourth quarter and it's a physical type of game. You're playing the Tennessee Titans or somebody like that. That's when you maybe pull the trigger on LaVisca Chenault. I think if you're in, in need of a huge play uh, or a game-breaking play, well, then dial up one for uh, Travis Etienne. Should I be nervous about the Yankees, Casey? Yeah, I would. Really? Yeah, I'm concerned. I mean, come on. It's like the Marlins and who they play yesterday? The Orioles. It's a soft part of their schedule. I mean, I'm just telling you. Rays won today. I How saw that. They already played. What they do? Play at like 10? They played at 1. They played at Morning 1 and the game? game's already over. Or I mean, is it double dip? No, they played at 1. It's over. It's almost 4. Three right. hours? Dude, that's three hours. A baseball game that usually goes three hours plus. But when you shove like the Rays do, there's not a lot of put pitching changes. I mean, it wasn't like it was a 1-0 game. It was 4-3. Let them know. Red Sox have lost five in a row. Should I be more afraid of the Yankees or concerned about the Red Sox? Concerned about the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you starting, know, to, starting to be on brand of who the Red Sox actually are now. I, I'm not that's – a, that's a good question I just asked, by the way. And so if I um, look deep into my soul mm-hmm. and answer this question. But, but you have to have an honest conversation with your soul because you, you're, you're biased. No, I haven't had an honest conversation. The, okay. the Red Sox have overachieved to such an extent to this point that they had this in them. Like, they're on a five-game slide. Mm-hmm. They're not like some mega team like the Yankees were built to be or the Dodgers are or anything. Like San Francisco, they lose five in a row. It's like, well, okay, they've overachieved so much. They're kind of in the same boat. Now, they might be better off than the Red Sox as a team. But so – I'm not super surprised by this. You can't go get swept by the Tigers now going to Toronto. That would concern me. Mm. I am still – I would probably say I'm more afraid of what the Yankees can do because for the last couple months, I've been ripping the Yankees because I knew this was coming in August. Like, you know – they're too good to not go on a run, especially against this kind of schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris Sale is going to be the key for the Red Sox. It's still not – it's still – the Yankees still have a lot of ground. You know, five games right now behind the Red Sox, I think they are, six games – Behind the Rays, that's a lot to make up. So it is a lot. Not when you got to play each other all the time. No, that makes it harder, in my opinion, because often you split in baseball. You don't, you don't go. It's hard to sweep people, and so you can. You're Rays only did it to the Red Sox recently. I know. Listen, Red Sox won the first whatever eight against the Yankees, and that's why they're here. But I'm, I'm more concerned about the Yankees because I think they have underachieved so much. Oh, yeah. Brewers win last night? They're due. No, they got beat by the Pirates. It happens. Oh, my. No, it doesn't. It shouldn't. It happens. I, I know it it's shouldn't. It's 1-1-6. I mean, the, the Reds are up 6-5. Look out for the Reds. What are they, seven games, eight games behind? Hey, not worried about it yet. <laughs> not 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 too worried about seven games behind yet. Uh, more football talk coming up. Uh, we're here for about another hour. We have a shrimp double header. Coming we're up. here for about another 40 minutes. But yeah. yeah, in my life, that's about an hour. Uh <laughs> We're here when we come back in five minutes. How about there that? it is. Like action it. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.